Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One and all, and welcome to Book Off, the literary podcast with a difference. I'm Joe Haddo, and wherever you are in the world, it's great to have you with us. Now, look, I'm not messing around today. We're going straight into the podcast. No preamble about our backlist of episodes and seven other series, which are all available to listen to anytime you like. No mention of previous guests, which include the likes of David Tennant. Ian Rankin, Maggie O'Farrell, David Mitchell, Kate Moss, Michael Connolly, Kit Duval, Mark Billingham, Matt Haig, Adam Kay, John Cooper-Clark, Candice Carty-Williams, Barbara Taylor-Bradford, Layla Slimani, Tracy Thorne, Shazia Mirza, Helen Leder, Tony Parsons, Taylor Jenkins-Reed, Dorothy Coombson, Lem Sissi, Brett Anderson, not going to mention them. And certainly nothing about following us on the old social media at Odoo Book Off, where you can take part in book giveaways and bookish chat. We don't have time for it, so I'm going to get right down to business and welcome our Guests. My first guest today is an actress and comedian who many will know from TV shows such as Ghosts and Stathlet's Flats. She was also a contestant on the really rather fabulous and innovative show Taskmaster. And she's the author of two acclaimed books of comic monologues for women and recently published Delicacy, her third book, her first non-fiction book, and we'll be talking about that today. Katie Wicks, welcome to Book Off. Hello, thank you for having me. Apologies to your listeners for my disgusting cold. Uh, well, we're we're thrilled okay. to have you, even though you're feeling under the weather, but um, smacked up on Lemsip and uh, doing a good job of it so far. Exactly. I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and cough into my arm. <laughs> Thank you very much. Directly into the mic. <laughs> And my second guest is an award-winning comedian who I once described as a musician, which he found both flattering and completely inaccurate. He is, however, the frontman of the six-piece band The Horn Section, who have been Edinburgh favourites for many years and have a chart-topping podcast. He's also the creator of a little show, and a BAFTA-winning show at that, called Taskmaster, which is back on our screens, praise be! And here to tell us about the new Taskmaster book, it's little Alex Horn. Hello to you! Hi, Joe. I am so healthy. You look it as well, I have to say. Uh, No, but I'm I'm, uh, two weeks beyond Katie's cold, so I'm just uh, empathising. And I think when you get ill, I think it's it's almost worth it because when you when you finally are better, you feel so alive. Mm. Yeah, you sort of remember what it's how nice it is to not be ill. So it's nice to be on your podcast, Joe. Well, it's lovely to have you both. Um, and I hope you... I don't really need to introduce you to each other because not only do you know each other, but you spent 10 weeks with each other, didn't you, yeah. filming Taskmaster? Yeah. So, you know... We did. You're probably sick of each cold. other. 
Yes, I gave you a cold. I guess in, in August we saw each other in August. We had a nice evening it was on lovely, a balcony. Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's very romantic. Yeah. Oh, just the two of you. Or? There were four of us involved. Actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Very that was nice. a lo- that's a, that was a real highlight of of uh, semi lockdown that night. Yeah, it was a night that we will treasure, and we're not <laughs> going to say any more about it, Joe. <laughs> Well, look, over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about your brilliant new books. We're going to be talking about what you've been reading and enjoying recently. And of course, we have the book off where each of you is going to pitch to us a book that you love that you think we should all read. But before all that, let's get down to a bit of business. And um, Katie, before we talk about delicacy, I do want to mention, which I did in the intro, these comic monologue books for women. And the reason I want to mention that is because I know so many actors who use your books and have found them a real revelation and some of my friends talk about them so often I I felt like I had to bring them up because it was such a well brilliant idea but also a necessary one wasn't it that's so great to hear that that's so great I mean that was yeah their entire purpose hoping that they would be useful to some performers out there you know, particularly women. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I wrote them a long time ago now, but yeah, they 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 came out of um, like friends of mine that would have auditions and they couldn't find any material that felt quite right. So I, to make a bit of money, quite honestly, yeah. I just say, oh, I'll write you something, you know. Um, so I could, they were kind of bespoke, kind of three minute little kind of funny pieces. And uh, yeah, and then the publisher just approached me about them. So yeah, I mean, I'm just so thrilled to hear that people find them, you know, useful. Yeah, yeah, it's I, great. I, honestly, they they get talked about a lot, uh, and I wanted to bring it up and make sure it was passed on. But but delicacy is um, very different. It's a sort of memoir, I suppose. It's 21 moments that that have defined your life, uh, which also revolve around cake. Um, what was the the spark that made you want to write this? Well, it helps when you're asked to write it. <laughs> it really helps with deadlines, knowing it's actually going to get me, you know, be yeah. out in the world. really helps motivation, knowing that you're just writing in a void on your own. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I was approached by... I did a short... Liam Williams, uh, he, the amazing comedian, he used to run, like, a, a, a short story night storytelling night and I wrote a short story for that which was quite unremarkable really looking back and uh, the publisher came to that and then he uh, approached me off the back of this story and said do you have any more do you think it could be a book Um, so I was sort of forced to think of an idea but it started off as a quite a kind of twee idea Mm. Um, and then really tragic things started happening to me and then, you know, suddenly the, the book took on this whole other life that it sort of became a bit like my own therapy to write it. So the book really changed and became a lot more um, thoughtful and sincere as like life events kind of were changing me, really. Yeah. And they were changing the kind of book I wanted to write. And also I was reading so much more because I sort of wrote, I, did, I wouldn't recommend writing a book this way because when I got the commission, I thought, I don't know if I can write. I don't really have a voice. So... I just read so much, particularly women's memoir, to try and work out the sort of language of book, like how books worked and what I liked and what really thrilled me and the kind of style I liked and the authors I love, which was a really, I mean, I'm just so grateful. That's almost been more exciting to have that, this new kind of small feminist library in my in my house. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's as exciting to me as having a book. Um, to discover what my taste is and what my voice was was really, uh, yeah, kind of life-changing, actually. And, and discovering maybe these um, these writers, these women that you might not have heard of before through Oh, completely, their, their yeah, I didn't yeah. have a clue. I would, I would just read things that were kind of, you know, no offence on the Booker long list because someone had sort of said these are good. Yeah. And they are, but they're not necessarily the things that are that speak to me. The, you yeah. know, you have to. The, I think it's brilliant when it's quite an organic thing. Of you know, you read one author and they is a they reference another, and you immediately have to go off and then read that writer and you know work out why they would like each other's work. So yes, um, and that is one of the the great things about nonfiction, particularly, is that is that leads you on to so many other books, memoirs and essays and non-fiction. Um, come back and talk about Delicacy a little bit more in a mo. Um, Alex, if I could bring you in, because uh, I enjoyed very much the first episode of the 12th series of Taskmaster. It's back, back on the telly. Um, how are we feeling? Thanks, Joe. Um, it's always weird when something goes out that you worked on a long time ago. So that series <laughs> was filmed six months ago, I think. Right. So it's a relief when it finally goes to air. And it's it was filmed in pretty heavy restrictions times so everyone is spaced apart and there's no audience whereas we actually finished on Wednesday the latest series and we're back to normal with, with a full audience and everyone sat next to each other so I don't think you notice that watching it but um uh, oh my word I just pressed emergency SOS <laughs> oh hello oh stop stop <laughs> sorry is that like your fibbing alarm it's, gone yeah, off? Yeah. it's like you've just told a lie or something um sorry Joe um so yes, it's lovely to have the audience back in the next series, but this one is one of our favourite collections of five people. I, yeah, I, I guess I like it when the when the show's on air because you, people, people watch it. Um, sorry, Joe, I was thrown by this <laughs> alarm I've never heard before. Well, it's because somebody phoned me while you were asking me a question. So I you just managed to insult both of us by yeah. saying it's on telly and it's your favourite people. Oh yeah, sorry, Katie. I, I literally so well there was no audio shit, and these are the best people we've audio had. Audio shit, That's, and yeah. I hate all previous guests. Look, your series, so. Katie, was the BAFTA winning series because you That's, guys were the best. Do you know what? That's uh-huh. true. I did get you a BAFTA, and yeah. Um, no, Joe, Taskmaster is weird. A weird thing in my life because it's sort of constant. As much as my wife and children, it's just always there at the moment because yeah. it it is on the telly, and there's you know there's people. It has sort of infected people's lives a bit and families play it with whether or not i'm involved you know they make their own tasks it's got a life of its own so um yeah. so it's always it's always there in the background it's always there yeah, it's <laughs> odd, it didn't exist seven years ago um, no it's mad isn't it wow yeah and it's but, definitely not me you know i get a lot of credit for it but it, firstly what's the origins of it is it the origins katie is that and you won't like this um <laughs> t- 10 years no 12 years ago when my first son was born I didn't go to Edinburgh, so instead I sat at home while Tim Key won the Perrier Award, <laughs> and I had all conflicting emotions. Yeah. So I said, oh, "All right then." <laughs> I loved Watch it. This. I don't know why you thought I wouldn't hate that. No, well the thing was, Katie, I then emailed my twenty best comedian friends, and you weren't one of them at oh, the time. That's fine. We, we didn't know each other. No. That well, and I said to those twenty people, "Do you want to do this thing? I'll, I'll set you a task once a month, and you have to do it just for a laugh in Edinburgh." And they didn't know who each other was. It was all secretive and. That, that that that's the origin story, Katie. Okay, thank you. Very yeah. good. Yeah, excellent. I did enjoy it very much. So, and much like a book, like you were saying, you 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 write a book and sort of move on to the next thing, 
which might be a book or the next thing you're working on. And then, yeah, six months later, a year later, people like me are asking you about it. And that's the same for Taskmaster. You, so you, you've actually finished Series 13, is what you're saying? Well, well finishing is... I, I finished it because we right. finished the studio, <laughs> but it's now going into the edit, which is a whole new yeah. world. You know, that's another six-week process. So, I mean, I think there's a phrase for it in telly, but it's definitely a three-part structure. There's the, there's the... For us, anyway, there's the doing the tasks, then there's the filming the studio... And then you make the show in the edit. Um, and I used to be very involved in that. Um, but the team know what they're doing far more than me. So I, I, I watch cuts, but I don't go into the little room anymore. <laughs> they banned you, have they, from that? I'm so useless in that little room. And there is some the similarities. Toilet. Yeah, the toilet. <laughs> I'm so useless in the toilet. I know there's that white, the paper. I've seen the paper. <laughs> I don't know what you do with it. It's all changed in the toilet these days. I don't know why anything is anymore. No, the editing bit is Bloody so hell. slow. It's so painstaking. And I don't have the brain for that or the patience for that. Yeah. Yeah. So instead, it. you you uh, wrote a book about it. Um, well, I wrote the book in... Yeah, there's a new... Ta- there's two Taskmaster books and they're not just spin-offs. They're, though I've written every word of them and have, and have really... Actually, that is the painstaking bit for me. I really care about them. Yeah. But this one was written with my friend Dan Trelfer, who's one of the editors on the show, but was also a writer in his own right. He writes very funny books about football. Um, and it was during one of the lockdowns we spent a lot of time making this book because it's a treasure hunt. It's a sort of homage to Masquerade. I as thought well as, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. As well as I've got, I always have it next to me. I didn't need it for this podcast. Yeah. This is not the book that I'm talking about later on, but it is a wonderful book. It is. Um, um uh sorry yes yeah, so so half the book is tasks like the previous book it's just tasks that you can do at home because that's what people want and that's what scout groups wants and classrooms and stag stags and hens weirdly but the other half literally the other half of the of the page of the pages so the opposite page to the task there's a clue on every single page a hundred clues and once you solve all those clues you get information you've got to use that information to eventually find the location of a taskmaster trophy which is hidden somewhere in the world and we, and we should say, because there will be people, unbelievably, who um, won't have been born listening to this when the Masquerade book came out, or indeed know what it was. And th- this was a book that, there was a it was like a golden... Golden hair. Hair, buried. Made, made, by, made by the author himself. He was an amazing artist. And so he, he, he um, works in all sorts of materials. 18 karat gold, dazzlingly, dazzlingly adorned with precious stones. Um, yeah, 1979 it came out. So That's I was right. born, but only just. I don't think you were, Kate. I wasn't born, no. but I, I mean, I, I've heard. I've never read it, but I, I've heard. I think I heard a podcast about it about where it was. You know, there's not much to read. It's a picture book. It it's, yeah, it's, it's sort it's, of a beautiful illustration. It's all to do with where the eyes are looking in the end. Oh, lovely! Oh, it's, yes, yes. It's I impossible. That. Even when you've got the answer, it's impossible. And it took them eight <laughs> eight months to solve it because his ex partner's new partner cheated. And found out the location, um, and even but there were two teachers who did solve it in about the same time. So we're, I'm kind of hoping mine will be, have a similar lifespan. Oh, that's, how that's how will we know idea. when when someone? I mean, I guess what you're just going to get a message with a photo saying I found it. No, so ours is a sort of updated version. And first, we wanted people all over the world to be able to do it, and also people who aren't able to get out of the house for whatever reason, whether yep. it's a lockdown or because they're unable to physically. So we didn't want to limit it to people with spades um so we we have various what there's various levels to get to 
a certain level, it, we will be alerted via something on the internet. Aha. Uh-huh. And then I will get in touch with them and find out where they are and how to... So whoever gets to that stage first, I will then find out where they are. And this is all new information for the readers, by the way. I've not told anyone this bit of the information. At the moment, they've just got the book, which is all the clues are in there. And people are insane. It's been out for a week and a day. And they've got, done so much work on it. And they've sort of clubbed <laughs> together and not slept. Uh, oh but but so far, we're keeping them at bay. So it's, it, it's really weird. It's a really weird way to write a book. Because normally with a book, I don't know about you, Katie, you release it and you don't really know what's going on. You don't know if people have mm. read it. You don't know what yeah. people think. You know, th- things, things drip back to you and people text you. But in general, you don't know. Whereas I'm getting a lot of messages, a lot of cross people, because there's, <laughs> there's a mistake in the book and everyone's saying, was that a clue or was that a mistake? And it is just a mistake. Mm. <laughs> but you I'm sort that out for the, for the reprints? Uh, I don't think, no, I think we're going to own the mistake and, you know. There was a mistake in mine. Really, oh, I love a mistake. Yeah. Can I tell you my best mistake? In my, I did a book about bird watching, and the word "with" um, in one of the pages was spelt W I C U S T J E R E M Y S T R O N G H G T H. So it was Wickast Jeremy Strongs. It's close. It was quite a good mistake. It said I went Wickast Jeremy Strongs, my dad, to the nature reserve. That's a great mistake. I think yeah. there should be a, a mistake in every book. <laughs> yeah, it's probably yeah, the longest fun, spelling of with. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 fascinating because it's it's a book that's that that's giving back directly. Whereas I think, in the case of say delicacy, you know, Katie, it's it's sort of quite a probably a strange thing when it actually does go out into the world and you know that it's in the hands of people and because it's very because it's a very honest book I mean it's it's very funny in places it's very dark in others and I wondered you said it you said about therapeutic but was it also quite a hard book to write it's giving back in, an, in another way isn't it another yeah I suppose treasure hunting way um <clears throat> unless the treasure's in your heart <laughs> in your own heart <laughs> the message in my book um <clears throat> yeah I mean I, I I it definitely felt there was like a twinge of it felt shaming and exposing to put something so honest out into yeah. the world for like the first maybe 10 days. And then really quickly it was like, hang on, did I make that list of 10 books recommended by you know this person? Like, oh, how? it really quickly just moved into like hmm. my ego screaming about the internet. Um, <clears throat> so it, it felt really scary. You know, I thought it was going to be much worse in my own head. But then also I think because I, because it was released during, um, lockdown I think it would have I I think I, I couldn't turn up and do any events in the flesh and I imagine mm. actually having because I've heard uh, the, the poet Rebecca Goss wrote an amazing um, uh, piece about when she she wrote a really personal um, collection of, of poems that would do with grief and she hadn't thought about what it would be like to have you know members of the public come up to her and be in the same room as someone who mm. knows this really personal thing about you. And I've been sort of protected from that in that I get like really incredible messages, you know, on Insta and so on. And um, it's, yeah, it's it's a great feeling to know it's been useful to someone to write all this down. But um, I, I feel quite sort of protected from, you know, what people think about it in a way. Mm. Katie, um, I'm not a member of the public, I suppose, for you. Is it no. is it different 
knowing that your friends now know a lot more about you. Oh, I yeah, definitely... that, that was weird. That was yeah. weird, yeah. There's some friends who, I don't know if you have this, but I think I have, it, it's changing, but I think I have some friendships where there's just this unconscious agreement that this is mostly what we do in this friendship. And then, so I'll have friends that are more like, you know, it's lighter and it's more, we sort of avoid talking about our feelings too much and it's just, you know, jokes. And then I have friends where the opposite is true. And I feel like that's somehow been leveled out a bit more because, um, yeah, there was some, uh, I knew, when I was writing some things, I thought, yes, there are some things that even my closest friends don't know. And it's, I think it was quite difficult for some of them to read about it. Yeah, um, it sort of made me think I wish all our fr- we should all write a book <laughs> so we don't have to yeah, have these conversations. We just abs- all know abs- exactly everything. Absolutely. Like, if I could just give this to someone and then, you know, say, we'll chat, read this, and then we'll get to know each other. Um, <clears throat> but then also, you know, like, I, I really... Uh, there's so much I left out. There's so much I would never write about. And I would, yeah. those sort of boundaries in my head were really clear before writing. And, um, and yeah, you know, I wanted it to be a more kind of poetic uh, response to stuff that happened than, than you know, straightforward hmm. um, narrative. So, yeah, no, it was, it was difficult. But it's funny, when, like, the emotional, like, labour, of course, but then also just writing a book and getting the words right was actually more difficult I think than because really quickly it became like yeah 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 like I've read this account so many times now of this sad thing that I'm just now thinking about the language yeah. and like the, the craft of it you mentioned you know reading a lot of other memoirs and sort of trying to find that voice and I think you really have done it because I think it's a really different original very fresh sort of take on a memoir and I think it's very Thank you. you I do think it's it speaks you know very much like no, like nothing else that I've read in that sort of space so you have done that I also opinion. think it's a very Thank good you. book thanks very much I think it's extraordinary um I think the cake element is really interesting if you don't mind me talking about it Katie yeah of course because I didn't know what to expect going into it and on the cover there's a big cake um, but I'd sort of forgotten about them, and every, every time they pop... Well, well, I'd, well, as the book went along, they recede, I suppose, but they're always... It's a really nice device, but it's it's not at all what I thought it was going to be. I guess yeah. the whole book wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but it's very delicately handled without wanting to you know, you. use that word. Um, yeah, that, it's been, that's been quite difficult, actually, is like realising that it wasn't having to sort of push against expectation, and there's nothing I can really do about that because... I, you know, I, I knew the sort of book I wanted to write and I didn't want it to be. I, I think it's more literary than people were expecting and, um, yeah, that's just yeah. kind of quite depressing that no one thinks I was capable of that. <laughs> yeah, memoir's but, a funny genre because I, I don't... I guess I think of memoir as just autobiography, celebrity autobiography nowadays, and it's definitely yeah. not that. Well, it comes... It's interesting because it comes back to the stuff I read. So, like... Essay memoir was was a kind of genre I wasn't really aware of, which really influenced me. Um, and yeah, in some ways, I feel like if I specifically pointed to all the different books I read and someone also read them, then they would be less impressed. Right. <laughs> yeah, you probably have introduced me to a whole genre, if I'm honest. I didn't know about essay memoir. Yeah, like I'm people like Eula Biss, uh, just, yeah, in, you know, incredible. And, and Maggie Nelson and people like that. Yeah. Um, are they better than better than you? Oh yeah, my, my oh, right, I'll read yeah, them yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, less less jokes, but they're much better than me. Fewer, there was fewer jokes, Katie. Quite a few years ago, there was this um, surge. Is not the right word, but there was there was a sort of um, it, there were a few books that came out and came to prominence, which were this um, narrative nonfiction. You know, which which brought in nature and grief. Like I'm thinking of H's for Hawk. I'm thinking of the Outrun by Amy Lipchart. Mm, I love that. Which is be- I love that book, and it, it you know it was absolutely stunning. And I think they those books actually um, did something. They created a shift in in publishing and in reading. You know things that we'd maybe seen years and years ago with someone like Susan Sontag or something who had a very specific way that broke the mold of memoirs, and they've done that. And now we're here, and I think you know I really do think memoirs are becoming. Not just, as you say, Alex, the sort of, here's the stories from my life, just like, this is what I did, and here's when I was hanging out in China Whites, but it's like, actually, <laughs> you know, something a bit more poignant about it. It, it. They are a bit more literary, and I think that's a really good thing, and I, I, I do think more audiences are coming to them now because of it. Yes. Maybe I'm wrong. No, 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 I think you're so right. I think that, my, yeah, totally, yeah, I, yes, I agree. We, we both agree with you, I think, I, Joe. Uh, yeah, and I, I I I did read a lot of sort of hybrid things, I suppose, and maybe that's 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 your best option when trying to create something that feels original, you know. Like like I'd never really read any prose poetry before, and mm. now I'm kind of obsessed with it. And <laughs> and also like you know micro fiction or flash fiction, I suppose they call it sometimes, also is like a huge inspiration, which is why so many of the chapters are really short. Um, mm because I have a short attention span and the idea of uh, like a really large structure really freaks me out. So I like to make everything digestible and small, but um, yeah, no, I agree. I think it did. I, I need to read H for Hawk. Yeah. Re- do, do read that um, Helen McDonald. It's, it's, it's really very good. And there's a, if I may, I'd like to recommend another book I read recently because uh, because the, the author is on this very podcast. Um, it's called Fish Town. It's by John Gerard Fagan, and it is... Um, I'm writing it down. It, it, it's, the chapters are so short, you know, they really are, they're almost poems. And um, I just think that would be right up your street, Katie. It's, oh, great. it's really interesting, different... Great title. Yeah. Have you read about... much Lydia Davis? No. Oh, she's, she's, the, she's the queen of short fiction. Okay, oh, I need to, fiction. Oh, I need to She's unbelievable. Let's all write something down. You're not writing anything down, Alex. It's going to be on the podcast. I'm going to listen to the podcast. (laughs) Luckily, you are recording. (laughs) I think I pressed it, yeah. We don't need to write anything down anymore because everything is recorded. (laughs) Have you... um, What have you been reading and enjoying recently, Alex? If you've had time to read, maybe you have Well, I have, but I mean, literally the last book I read was Delicacy, which is slightly awkward. And also, I am in this weird phase of the year when you you get sent a lot of books by other comedians um so i'm reading phil wang's book side splitter which i don't think actually come out yet is it no i'm not sure well you get sent it and you sort of mm. have to um you don't have to but i, I guess you're sent <laughs> it with the idea that you will then praise it online or give a quote and i've got josh widdicombe's book um but but anyway i'm reading phil's and it's really good i need to make it clear that i'm not very good at reading or at least I get so I'm quite tired at night, so I read a page and I'm gone. And I used to have a bit of stand-up how about how I would often, and it was true, I would pick up a book, read it, and fall asleep. And the next day I would look at it, not know what had happened because I was so sleepy. So I'd go back a page, 
but fall asleep, so I'd eventually go backward in the book to the beginning. Um, so you need I some short to, stories. I think bedtime. I do. I, I will yeah. take some recommendations from this. But no, I, I'm, I'm not in a great reading phase, but Delicacy really did do it for me, and I don't want to keep going on about oh. how good it was. But, um, no, I do. I really, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I like reading for research, I suppose. That's when I get most of my reading done. So if, I'm, if I've got a project, so I'm, I'm actually... Oh, I don't know if I'm last. I'm trying to write a book, so that's fine. Fine to talk about a children's book about geology. It's quite serious and oh, boring. It won't that's be so a, wholesome. Well, my dad, my granddad was a geologist. That was his job. Um, so it's sort of about him, really. It's about a boy and his granddad. So it's completely about him. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing lots of research. Of, I'm reading lots of geology books, and that's kind of what I like doing. Okay. Um, so I haven't read a lot of fiction for a long time. Yeah. And what about you, Katie? Obviously, you've, you've read lots of memoirs, but that was a while ago. So what have you been yeah. enjoying recently? Well, I do. Um, I mean, I'm really I got really into audio books in in lockdown. Um, and uh, yeah, because I'm quite bad at reading, actually. <laughs> like, um, it's easy. Yeah, it's really strange. I mean, I know lots of people talked about that it was harder in lockdown to concentrate. Um, but yeah, and also I think I make this, the mistake of reading really intense things just before I go to bed, and then it was just, you know, I'm really bad at sort of light reading. It feels like it's always something. As So this, the book I just listened to was pretty intense, but it was incredible. It's called The Devil You Know, and it's by Dr. Gwen Adshead. And actually there's another writer. Let me look up her name. Oh, Eileen Horn, friend of the show. Friend of the Um <laughs> And it's called Stories of Human Cruelty and Compassion. And she she's a psychiatrist and it's it's about her time in Broadmoor. And so she uh, gives therapy to, you know, the people who've done the most horrendous crimes you can imagine. And it's like 11 stories of, um, yeah, you know, these these extraordinary encounters that she has with these these kind of people that have, yeah, locked away for doing something, in quotes, evil and... Yeah, just sort of, I suppose she she always kind of starts by sort of saying, how do you think we kind of got here? And it's just incredible to, you know, every story is completely different and it's all heartbreaking and awful, as you can imagine. And um, she just makes a really strong case about how, you know, mental health stuff is never preventative. It's always like, okay, right, well, you've done this thing now, so so let's let's get you some therapy where it should have happened, you know, long before, Mm. I guess. But it's just the stories are just unbelievable um, and really hard to listen to. I knew it would be completely harrowing, but yeah. sometimes I'm just really, you know, in the mood for that. Like, it's really cathartic. <laughs> What's your listening process, Katie? Because I don't think I can listen to an audiobook unless I'm driving. That's my system. Oh, right, I'm, I can't too, drive. I wouldn't trust myself to... Um, I know you can't drive because I made you drive a steamroller and that will haunt me. Oh. <laughs> I that. Um, yeah, um, the best day of my No, life. having read your book... <laughs> That that made me even more full of regret. Anyway, um, yeah, I, do you trust yourself? Can you just sit calmly and listen and not get distracted by other things? Well, it's like you saying about rereading the same page. It's really embarrassing. There are times where I swear to God I've rewound the same bit about 11 times. And it's the same point in the story. My bra- It's really interesting. There's, there must be the same, there must be a word or something in the story that's made my brain completely go off mm. because then I come back I come to at the same point and I around so many times and my brain just kept doing this funny association where it would hear the word butterfly and then I'd suddenly I 
you know, I'd go, oh God, I've, I've daydreamed again at exactly the same point again. So that I'd find that quite a lot. But yeah, my, my dream scenario for an audiobook is kind of like, you know, banal, like a bit of washing up, a sort of banal task. Mm. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I'm out like and about, a, I like a walk. Yeah, walk yeah, in a book as well is good, isn't it? The problem I think walking around in London is too that it's too much sensory overwhelm. Mm. I've realised mm. if I'm in a wood or so, or a car park, <laughs> some some like featureless <laughs> environment, then I can listen. What an extraordinary way to read a book! Wandering around a car park <laughs> with the author saying it into your ears. This is 2021. <laughs> this is it. This is no what we do. About the car park. Yeah, that is. <laughs> That would yeah some, some just like a you know a box, but yeah they're really uh, yeah so and and also can I should I say something else I read or is it one please do um, there's an amazing uh, essay I read called Time Lived Without Its Flow by Denise Riley and uh, great title yeah it's amazing isn't it? and it's all about um, it's about uh, the effect that grief has on time. And it's really mm. extraordinary. And it's not really about grief. It's more about this kind of strange, altered way of living after grief. And she almost kind of says that that sort of cliche of time stopping, she thinks it's more like you're kind of outside of time. And um, and I really I really remember like when I went to on a sort of mini holiday not long after my mum died and and someone said to me, you know, did you have a nice time? And I thought, actually, it, it was like I wasn't, I was so, you know, not, kind of present because uh, I guess the shock lasts such a long time that I remember mm. sort of thinking oh I didn't I actually don't think I was experiencing time <laughs> like in a normal yeah. way so I didn't really have any time it wasn't good or bad I just wasn't really there mm. so that it's but it's you know it's really incredible she's an amazing writer and a philosopher and a poet so it's better than me saying sentences about it but <laughs> time um, lived without its flow yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really profound, right. and also what what was really sweet is Max Porter wrote the thing at the beginning, and he said that when he read it, he put his book in the bin. Oh wow! Which <laughs> I really respect. Really oh, admire I'm not that. Read that then. Yeah. <laughs> Halfway through mine. <laughs> I'm gonna get your book out of the bin now. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thank you for those recommendations. And it's time now for the book off, which is where you're going to give us another recommendation. In fact, you're going to champion and pitch to us a book that you love, that you think everyone should read. And before we find out what they are, we should decide who goes first and who goes second. So, Katie, would you like to step up first or do you want to see what Alex has got? Um, I don't mind going first. Okay, very good. I mean, I wrote something down. Is that really sad? Not at all. I refer to my notes. Not at all. Um, And you you both have three minutes uninterrupted. You don't have to use your three minutes. Many people don't, but often people just wang on uh, and, and reach the three minutes quite easily. Now, we usually give our guests the option of whether they're getting rung out or honked out. And I think it's only appropriate, Alex, that you have the bicycle horn, I would think, yes, for please. your three minutes. Yes, Excellent. So, uh, Katie, you will get the bell. Uh, and before we it, set the timer, um, Alex, which book are you putting forward for the book off? I'm putting forward a book called Palindromes and Anagrams by Howard W. Bergeson. Palindromes and... Twit-twit. Yeah, it's... I don't, Palind- I mean, I, 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 palindromes and Anagrams. I, by the way, I'm not very combative. And, no, uh, don't, don't. I, I, <laughs> don't worry. I think I'll well. probably agree with Katie's choice. Well, I can't choice. read my own handwriting, so <laughs> yeah. between us. And Katie, which book are you putting up? Um, it's called Bluets or Bluets by Maggie Nelson. We well, don't even know how it's pronounced. <laughs> There's a thing <laughs> in the book about how you pronounce it. <laughs> right, well, I'm putting three minutes on the clock for you, Katie, to tell us all about oh, Lord. Bluets. Over to you. Does the bell go when there's like, can I have it like 10 seconds before the yes, end? Yes, I'll give you a t- yeah, I'll give you a 10 second warning if you want. Yeah. yeah no one's ever God. asked for it all before, right. but yeah, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> it's, what, it's, no, it's fine. Um, oh God, sorry. My notes are all like a mess. Okay, sorry. Right, I'll start now. Okay, um... Bluets by Maggie Nelson is a really extraordinary, unique book because it completely defies genre and that it's somewhere between prose, poetry and memoir. And it's set out as a sort of series of numbered sort of uh, meditations, propositions, she calls them, which is inspired by Wittgenstein's philosophical investigations. Um, And it's really the story of... Um, Maggie Nelson falling in love with the colour blue, which sounds quite unusual. Um, and she's sort of collecting blue things that she sees and she's being kind of gifted blue objects and um, making lots of discoveries about the colour blue and it's uh, historically and so on. But it's also about um, heartbreak and pain and divinity um, and... Uh, philosophy and it's really um, extraordinarily written and very sort of profound and these kind of these sort of propositions are uh, arranged very carefully very artfully so that you kind of end up somewhere incredible by the end and um, I felt changed by reading it like her mind is so incredible and she's so articulate um, and she's sort of terrifyingly bright but it's it's a mixture of 
academic language with um, sort of very everyday things, uh, but so sort of philosophy against things that are very kind of banal and ordinary. Um, she writes about heartbreak and pain, like so, she's just so articulate, very sort of precise, nothing's taken for granted. Like she really loves investigating every thought she's having and taking it through to this really profound conclusion somewhere. Um, she's just very wise. I quote the book in my book because I'm kind of obsessed with it. Um, and she made me want to read philosophy, which I tried. Um, yeah, it's like this amazing mixture of sort of heart and head, which I think is what I want from a book. Uh, she was a poet first, so it's like this poet's mind with also philosophy. So it's just really profound. But it's, yeah, so it's about the colour blue, but it's also about lots of other things. Um, and what was I going to say? Yeah, she's really, it's really kind of, yeah, thick and packed with ideas. So it's very kind of dense and um, memorable. So many things about it have stayed with me. And she's really kind of, like she said in an interview that she's kind of interested in her own thinking. Ten second warning. <laughs> Which I just think is an amazing thing to say. Uh, it's an amazing thing for a woman to say. I, I just love it. It's just such a bold statement to, to just be interested in your own mind. <laughs> and that's what you want to write about. Uh, yeah, Blue X by Maggie Nelson. Thank you. Well, thank you. Very, very good. Yeah, round of applause. Um, oh, thanks. Loved it. Uh, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about that uh, in about three minutes' time, but you can have a little breather. Have another lem sip if you want, Katie. So I'm putting uh, <laughs> three you. minutes back on the clock I for might you, have a, Alex. A strepsil, sorry. Have a strepsil. I don't have want to make a noise, so I'll get, I'll get out of this little I think you should make noise throughout mine. Really? No, <laughs> you don't want to hear the sound of me sucking on a lozenge, though. So it's three minutes on the clock for you then, Alex, to tell us about palindromes and anagrams. Over to you. I've chosen this book because it's the book that I um, have read the most times in my life. And it's the only book probably that I keep coming back to. Uh, and it's, I'm sort of ashamed it's not a novel. I, want, I wanted to say On the Road by Jack Kerouac because when I was 18, I thought that's, you know, that's going to be the book that defines me. And then I did try to read it again and I sort of was solemn embarrassed at myself anyway look uh this is a book it's not a novel it's it is like katie's genre defying because it's a it's more like an uh an academic work i suppose but it's very very readable and approachable i read it as a 10 year old uh, my mum gave it to me because my mum and i were into words we're into language she's a one of these ladies who can do cryptic crosswords and we used to watch countdown together every single day and it was our thing and i i think this book got me into comedy because it got me into language and it got me into writing and all it is is a collection of the best palindromes and anagrams in the world but they've all been introduced in uh, methodical and funny ways by Howard W. Bergeson who's who's the expert on the subject. Um, There are short chapters, there's I think it got me into poetry because I, I find poetry or definitely found poetry off-puttingly difficult. Whereas the poems in this are interesting because the poems are palindromic. So you, I, I, I'm going to give you an example, I think, at some point. Um, but the first, it's not just, palindromes don't have just have to be a single word. If you don't know what a palindrome is, it's the word that's the same backwards, like Eve or Anna. Um but this has whole, like it's a drinking song here, which is 
palindromic, avid as a diva, oh gin, on, on I go. And I, I was really um, sort of, it felt like a magic trick to me as a kid. Uh, and you, I can open up, the book is covered in my little sort of notes um, of just things I found interesting, like schoolmaster could be turned into the classroom. Um, sauciness causes sin, these are all anagrams of each other, rescue, secure, just really, they feel important, they feel like it's not an accident, postponed, stopped, no, those are anagrams of each other, and uh, there's a whole story about cigarettes, and it ends with this, the tragic magic of ceteragic, ceteragic is cigarettes backwards, and I, I've, I, other people can quote Shakespeare, but I can quote this book, I suppose, um, it, it introduces you to a man called J.A. Linden, who is the greatest linguist in my mind. Um, he's done all the best palindromes. And they do have a sort of deeper truth. A good palindrome, like the Canal Panama one, that we all think we know. It it says something. It's not just a linguistic trick, I suppose. Um, but there's, there's chapters in it. Oh, is that the end? Oh, that's the end. Oh, I could have gone on for another hour. Oh, I, I, knew, I knew you weren't anywhere near finished there. I felt no, bad. I didn't plan it. This is probably my problem. <laughs> in, but anyway, I, I said some things. I feel like I could. You, you, you were mid sentence, so maybe you. Want well, there's to one chapter I would thought. really recommend. He he did a thing where he um he wrote a poem, Howard W. Bergson, and then stripped it out. So he, he wrote down all, a list of all the words in alphabetical order and sent those words to two other poets to see what poems they would come up with. Mm. So you end up with three poems that all work as poems. You wouldn't know which was the original, but they're all completely different. And I just found that really fascinating. And, you know, it's it's not deep, but it's 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 really fun. It's it's fun and interesting, and academic is the wrong word. Brilliant. Well, it sounds absolutely fascinating. In fact, both of these do. Um, and to go back to, to Blewitt's, um, I, just, I just love this description of it from you Katie and and how um important it is how important it seems to you and you know that you quoted it in the book and you're sort of obsessed with it it's made you want to read philosophy so it's obviously a really powerful book as you've described and I bloody love the color blue as well so I feel like yeah I do blue and orange for me have to like on probably equal measure um and it just sounds so so unique because you know you said it defies genre it's poetry it's prose it's memoir it's all these things i you know just hearing you talk about it, it's made me think oh, i really really want to pick that up um, yeah yeah no no it's, it's i'd never read anything like it i mean no. the argonauts is the book i guess she's most known for yes. which was yeah like incredible and her new i can't wait to read her new book or there's been some controversy about it on on twitter but, um, There's controversy that. about everything on Twitter, though, isn't there? So I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. don't <laughs> engage with it anymore. Um, but um, yeah, it's really like her her mind is just it's so kind of agile, and mm. I I've never um, I mean maybe you know it just shows how much I haven't read, but I I I just haven't read a I haven't encountered a mind like hers before. Mm. It's really. Um, you know, it's 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 such a yeah. It's like it's very poetic and and it's very emotionally complex. But I think it's because she's really kind of strict and vigorous with her thinking. So it never sort of feels like someone. Um, one of my best friends who who uh, uh, teaches is an English teacher. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I paused. Um, 
he said, but that's not quite what they do, but I couldn't think of the right, the right term for it. It's slightly different than that. But they were, uh, they said something the other day about, you know, that poetry, it's it's never okay that, that a poem doesn't sort of make sense. And he was, we were sort of talking about that, that before I read poetry, I think I thought you just read it and get a kind of sense and it's okay if you don't understand. But I think, I think I've changed my mind now. I think it, I think you should understand it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it, it's like this really, yeah, it's just so sort of rigorous, even though she's talking about these quite abstract concepts and feelings, you just, you never get the sense that she hasn't just thought, like investigated everything she's saying so carefully. And even like the, even when choosing, you know, a word, and I, I mean, I would spend hours on one word sometimes I got really obsessive about it, huh. but she, even there's even points where she goes into like the, the, you know, the the origins of different words and then says this is why I chose this word because actually it's closer to this other word and it's kind of fascinating it yeah. sounds I mean it just sounds so rich and so interesting rich. And, and also yeah. so much stuff about the color blue that I didn't realize you know, <laughs> right. from all different aspects of life and history and there's a bit where she talks about that scientists decided that the 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 color of space is actually like more like blue well there's a point where uh there's a point where they there's a sort of thing about that the universe might be blue essentially and then by the end someone else says no actually i think it's gray so like the idea of that the universe Mm. has like a color like a sort of base color is quite interesting yeah it is and um yeah yeah it's really incredible well it 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 sounds amazing and i have to say alex palindromes and anagrams also sounds great it didn't from the title and yet you have absolutely sold me this book oh i think what i loved most about your pitch is that this book got you into comedy and into poetry and was sort of something that you shared with your mum when you were younger i just think like this is this is an amazing book for you right this is a very yeah, important I, book i don't i've never seen it quoted anywhere or mentioned by anyone so i, I don't really want to share it with anyone either but it's always <laughs> been and it's the same copy i've got it's just one little plastic you know it's it's not it's just like a experiment i think so it's, yeah. it's a quirk you know and it's it, it's not a sit down and read it in the bath book it is it is a coffee table but you know it, but i mean that in the right way so it's, it should be on the table near where you sit you know not where your guests sit but just where you sit so you can grab it occasionally <laughs> um, and this i love that you've got you know it's covered in notes from over the years of you yeah you going back to it and using it and being fascinated i mean that's brilliant i just think that's it, well, it I, sounds I, so good I like it that there's notes made by, you know, 15-year-old me. I, I wrote, when I was on my gap year, I went to America and I wrote a poem, uh, a palindromic postcard to my parents because it started with Al and ended with L.A. or the other way around. And it was nonsense. And I don't think they were impressed, but I've got that postcard somewhere. So it really did infect, you know, really did infect me. And I do um, think, you know, when when things, I mean, when academic-y, uh, styles of of books and writing are accessible. That's the that's the dream, right? Because that brings in a whole new audience, and we all ex- we can get something out of it rather than being put off by it, which is often the case with yeah. something too deep. But definitely, I mean, this is aimed at this will only appeal to a very specific sort of person. I think it's not got broad appeal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you do like crosswords and puzzles, then you'll love it. Well, it uh, you've sold it to me, but I can only take one home with me and i've got a it's a tough one but i think i'm going to take blue it's home i think i think i'm going to say katie's katie's yeah, got it it's like room 101 why, it, can't, like take, why can't you take two joe um, i'll send it to you then you'll have it 
Oh, then I can't do anything about it then, can I? Am I ruining the format? I mean, the format is really just just a very, you know, <laughs> it's a very loose format. I'm going to come and shout this book at you. <laughs> when he's, I like the phrase introducing a palindrome. It made me think about someone like emceeing on stage and... <laughs> Up next, bringing on, bringing on a palindrome. There was a comedian called Agraman who chose his name because it's an anagram of anagram. Oh, wow. Mm. I like the phrase tragic magic very much. Yeah, the tragic magic. Is tragic magic. I wrote good, that down. I but like none that. of this is enough to persuade Joe to take my Well, it's, I've sort of made the decision now as well, haven't I? So I can't go back because that, would just, that any, would just be weak. Has there been any show where someone's chosen the same book? Because that never happened. Mm, um, some, no, not in the same programme. But there have been two two examples of two different guests choosing the same book, yes. And one of those is um, uh, Donna Tartt's The Secret History. Oh. Oh, I've got told to read that yesterday. I've by, never um, read that. By uh, Sophie Duca told me to read that. Really? It is a wonderful book. I mean, right. you really, you really should you really should read that, actually. It's funny that when Both sometimes that happens with books, isn't it? That they pop into conversations a number of times in a week. Oh, yeah. I will read it and, and not a new book either That's, no okay. and the and I think it's like 30 years old now which yeah. just makes me oh, wow. feel awful but it's so yes you must read it it's it's so good and I, I do I'm very intrigued by the Howard W Bergson Alex it's you know but um I think maybe the the blue the blue swung it for me fair enough, um, fair enough. you know um Bring Me the Head of the Taskmaster by Alex Horn is out now. It's published by Ebury and Delicacy by Katie Wicks is also out now. It's published by Headline. It's been an absolute pleasure having you both on. Thanks for your book recommendations. Thanks for your time. And um, here's to uh, here's to in more in-person audience things in the future. Thank you very much, Thank Joe. you. Nice to see you, Katie. Get well Thank soon. you very much. So nice to see you both. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.